Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Late Show. I'm Chris. Got Craig with me. Craig, how are you tonight? Doing very well. How are you, Chris? Good. I think this is our second straight week. So, yeah. This is yeah. The stars okay. have aligned, you know? Yes. Well, we came very close. I had a, uh, no, how should I say it? So a family trip that looked like it was needed to happen today. It's probably postponed for a week or two. And we, we came very close to not having one tonight. But hey, the stars aligned and here we are. So let's yeah. uh, let's start talking. Um, uh, Craig, some streaming news, which I was like talking about. Yeah. Uh, saw this news. I'm not a big wrestling fan, but the WWE multi-billion dollar deal with Netflix. And help me out here. This is just to broadcast their signature show, WWE Rock, right? There's nothing yes. else to Okay. Not right now, but one of, one of the caveats, and you know, for full disclosure, I am a wrestling fan. Right. Um, one of the caveats with this deal is, <clears throat> of course, Netflix has a worldwide market, right? Yeah. Part of that worldwide market is going to relieve the WWE Network, which is currently in existence in the United Kingdom. So then the WWE Network essentially becomes the Netflix WWE Network. So here in the States and domestically and some other countries, I'm assuming Peacock carries the entirety of the WWE library, their premium live events. And in the United Kingdom, they had the WWE Network, which they had for several years before striking a deal with Peacock. And uh, so that effectively goes away. But yeah, domestically, nothing's going to change as of right now. WWE just wanted to uh, negotiate better TV contract deal. Of course, they went with Fox for SmackDown, which was their first foray into network television. It didn't quite work out, or at least weekly network television, not um, you know once a quarter like they used to do back in the 80s. So this is a big deal for the WWE because Netflix has millions and millions of subscribers and you're probably going to see new subscribers come from this because there's going to be people that want to watch monday night raw and it's a, a big leap for netflix who you know by all accounts this is going to be their first real foray into live tv so it'll be interesting to see how the partnership works and a lot of people were nervous that you know, would WWE see the same kind of contract or would they see the same popularity or a dip in popularity going from cable to streaming, exclusively streaming? But, you know, I think they're they're confident that the money is there. It's $5 billion. It's much more than they've gotten in the past. And it, it seems like it's going to be a good partnership. It's a, it's a 10-year deal with a five-year opt-out and an opportunity for Netflix to extend it up to 20 years. So it, it could be a long-term solution for the WWE and for Netflix. As we know, you know, Netflix, we've kind of talked about it. George and I have talked about Netflix not really being a player in the game that has a lot of credibility. And this is part of that credibility. And another interesting take on this the I, and I'm not sure exactly when their contract runs out, but the WWE's network, which is on Peacock, you know their contract is with Peacock, and I know that it will be running out in at least the next couple of years. This could lead the way for the WWE to partner with Netflix to put the entirety of their library on Netflix. So that's something to think about too for the future. 
of the WWE and its contracts with streaming rights. Well, and you kind of wonder, like, NFL, you know, NFL and college football is on a bunch of different channels. I mean, yeah. technically, you know, we've watched NFL and what, ABC, NBC, CBS, yeah. Fox and everything. And, you know, everyone wants a piece. And if everyone's willing to contribute to the piece, why wouldn't the NFL take those deals? Oh, yeah. I'm wondering, I know the NFL and WWE are different in terms of revenue sources and everything else, but... um. Yeah, I wonder if WWE would get more money off Netflix or if it's better to spread the wealth, I guess. It could be better to spread the wealth. I'm not I, I can't really recall what the contract is that they have with Peacock and NBC Universal, which has been a pretty traditional partner for them for many, many years. Of course, Monday Night Raw right now is on USA Network. Um, they used to have a lot of specials, Saturday night's main event on NBC back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, so, and of course, now SmackDown is going from Fox over to USA uh, starting in October. And then the uh, the minor league brand, if you will, the NXT brand, which is on also on USA, got a big bump in contract. They're going to have their shows, weekly shows on the CW who is trying to expand their sports portfolio. So, um, you know, the WWE to some degree is going to always have some hands in different pots. So it's not always going to be exclusive to just Netflix, but I wouldn't be shocked if they sell their library to Netflix and probably get another boatload of billions of dollars to do that. So then Netflix can say, well, we have sports, they're live. There's a history of it. If you're if you're an old Hulk Hogan fan or a Macho Man Randy Savage fan, this is going to be the place where you have to come to watch those historic matches. So that's something I'm looking at in the future that could be a really big selling point for WWE if they want to continue working with Netflix. I wonder, like, you know, guys like Mr. Beast. I know, like, Mr. Beast is like the most humongous YouTube streamer all over, but you know, he makes millions on these videos. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the NFL could make more or maybe a minor sport. If you put everything on YouTube and you just hope everyone watches it, when they make money off that, I always wonder how that worked. You know, I'm not sure. Um, and I, you know, and you can still do the advertising sales as well for commercials, yeah. but I'm not really sure exactly how that works as far as if you're a multi-billion dollar business if you could just jump on youtube and put all your content because the wwe does the same thing where they have clips of shows or they have mat whatever it may be they have things that they put on youtube and get millions and millions of views and i i don't know if that's a street if that's a profit if that's a revenue stream for them or if it's just for social to try to gear up interest in their product. And then maybe that's why the NFL doesn't do something like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. That might not be a bad idea, but um, you know, I, I think this deal shows a lot of these sports leagues that, you know, there could be life after cable. And I think it also tells the cable companies that maybe they need to get their act together and make sure that they have good partnerships with their TV partners, because we know ESPN is not happy and they would like to probably branch off of cable and offer ESPN Plus as their primary device or their primary way of, of showing off sports. 
And obviously, you know, there's always going to be money in Fox and CBS and NBC will have that money to spend to, to keep those rights. But you got to start to wonder if when contracts come up, you've got Apple, you've got Amazon, all these, you know, those two places right there have the most money to spend on anything they want. And they could easily buy the NFL Films Library and NFL Rights. I mean, obviously, Amazon already has Thursday night games. But just imagine if, you know, one of those two streamers decides to get into the, you know, NFL or maybe the NBA. And, and you know, it, it could really change the landscape of how things are digested in this in this, you know, TV world. And I would think, too, that like with ESPN Plus, are they will they ever start tears? You know what I mean? Where, yeah. like, you know, you're not going to see everything on ESPN for ten bucks a month. But would they say, hey, you get what you normally get for ESPN Plus for ten bucks a month, and then the premium version, you know, for whatever, you know, will have, you know, yeah. NFL, NBA, whatever, you know, whatever else they're offering. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, and the thing with YouTube was interesting was. You know, the LIV Golf, when they first started, you know, controversial, owned by the Saudis, which ironically, WWE is owned by now. But they went to YouTube because they couldn't find a TV deal originally. And I don't think they had enough followers to make Mr. Beast type money. Yeah. But it was, I mean, you, as long as you had YouTube and you had, you know, some type of signal, you could watch those events for free and everything. But I, I don't, well, I mean, with the NFL, I mean, if these like, Channels are offering you billions. Why would you mess with YouTube? I mean, un- unless right. maybe you develop like, like I always wonder how it would work. Like you know, Super Bowl this year's on CBS. Well, of course, you know you can watch a game on Paramount Plus. You'll see the main broadcast version. Could you appeal to a new audience by offering like the a blimp version? You know, for free, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you probably could. I mean, obviously, ESPN does a lot of that kind of stuff. They have Control Center, and they have Skycam, and they have the Manning Cast, and you can watch them on all different, you know, all different um, channels and everything. So it's, you know, it's possible, you know. And for for Live Golf, you know, they had the thing about them is they didn't have to worry about a television contract to succeed. So. You know, like the USFL and the XFL, when they came back into existence, the big thing was making sure they had a TV contract because that was going to be how they were going to make money. Well, LIV, you know, Live Golf didn't really need to worry about that because they were sitting on billions and billions of dollars and they didn't need to worry about whether or not they were taking a loss because it's kind of the it's kind of to the point where you wouldn't even notice it if you were if you were that backing group in, in the Saudis. So, you know. It, it goes back to the idea that, you know, money talks. There's always been talks like, well, what if the Saudis decided to try to buy the NFL, which they probably could if they if if someone said, give me a number and they said, well, give it to us and we'll we'll match it because they could. Um, but at the same time, it's you know, it's up to the owners to decide on on that kind of stuff. And it's always it's also up to the players on TV contracts. They get a say in that, too. So. It would be interesting to see if the NFL ever kind of moved away from this model. And, you know, I know we talked last week about, you know, the NFL having some interest in purchasing Disney or purchasing the ESPN stake of, you know, of, of programming or whatever. So they could maybe, 
utilize more content on, on ESPN plus or something like that, because I think you have more eyeballs now, obviously I'm sure there's, they have a certain amount of ESPN or a NFL plus subscribers, but you know, not everybody has NFL network. People are churning off a cable. And when you have that churn, people want to get their, their fix of old NFL games or documentaries that NFL network does or live programming that NFL network does and one way they could do that is by putting it on ESPN Plus, where you know there are much, probably more eyeball, you know, eyeballs on ESPN Plus than there are on NFL Network or NFL Plus. Well, I fully expect. I mean, you know, Hulu and Disney are in talks of combining, but I, I still think you're going to see some type of bundle offered, where it might be, you know, if you just like the NFL, you could still get a version of NFL Plus. But I think you're a souped-up ESPN Plus, like we talked about last week. Yeah. You'll have the NFL Plus, what do you call it, the content on there and, you know, whatever else you do with ESPN Plus. I, I mean, I think ESPN will look like sports versions of Max, you know, where you've got, like, they call it in the publishing business vertical. So you'll have, like, your NFL vertical. We have stuff from NFL Network. and Right. Um, You'll, I'm sure they'll still keep their contracts with the Horizon and Mac. You'll have like the small yeah, college, right? Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and you know, they can still do their hockey. And you know, obviously, as time develops, maybe they'll develop more confidence or more sports on there. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting. I, I will say, my wife looked at me weird. Uh, we've had a busy last couple of family days and. I was down fishing a newsletter uh, late uh, last night. I had on WWE, what was it? Oh, Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you watching this? Uh, and she wasn't mad. She just kind of was bewildered. And I'm a cage alternate wrestling. I'm a huge wrestling guy, but sometimes it kind of amuses me. Definitely. Well, you need to. Yeah. Put more of it on. Put it on all over the house, Chris. Well, in Royal Rumble, it's kind of an interesting concept where different guys come in every few seconds and, you know, you might end up with 30 guys in the ring or anything else. I, I will say I did watch a, more wrestling when I was a kid and, you know, some of the, the Hulk Hogan's and the Ultimate Warriors and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. I, I, dude, I'm getting to be a get off my lawn. And, you know, my parents would talk about pop culture in the 50s and 60s. Uh, I'm I'm turning to more of I, I can't get over some of this '90s and 2000s stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I don't know. It, it's very very strange. So yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I like my streaming. I don't want to pay much more than I'm paying right now, but I I love the fact. I mean, I'm a big NFL guy. I love the fact we have NFL Plus. I, I Craig, I wouldn't swear by it. I don't like the fact that some of the games you can only watch on your phone. I get it with yeah. all the other broadcast deals. That's why they do that. It's a little frustrating, but honestly, on a Sunday during the regular season, I'm content just watching Red Sun. I have ADD. It's hard for me to watch yeah. one game. gets boring to me, so you just kind of pick and choose. And, yeah. you know, for the Super Bowl, I got Paramount Plus, so I can flip the yeah. Super Bowl in there. Same here, yeah. You know, one interesting thing, and, and this probably speaks a lot about the streaming issues that are going on with churn and people quitting streaming for a little bit, coming back, getting out, coming back. You know, WWE on threads put, you know, WWE Raw is coming to Netflix. 
And then starting in January 2025, Netflix will exclusively stream WWE Raw in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Latin America every single week all year long. And what that tells me is they know that the biggest issue with streaming is people leaving, coming in, coming out, not sticking around. By putting something on there that literally is 52 weeks out of the year, they think it's going to be a help to that and prevent the churn. Yeah. As my dog decides to chime in. Of course. He's excited, too. He's very excited. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I know Raw is like the big show on wrestling. I mean, that's... It's their flagship. It's been around since 93. I mean, it's... It's been the longevity is incredible for that show. I do pe- feel people's frustrations and wrestling. You have like two streaming services, but like you know, there's some other places like football where you have to kind of right have your hand in uh, different streamers. But you know, it's funny. Like you know, we ran some stories Ohio State football when they were only on Peacock, and people lost several of their minds. And it's like, okay, Peacock's a couple bucks. It gives you other stuff during the month just try it. it's a couple bucks if you really want to watch the game what's a couple bucks yeah and they always run promos and and you know because what they realize is is that some people will only subscribe to peacock for that week so what they do is they get you in on a very cheap deal hope that you like it and you'll stick around but at the very least as long as you get in on that they can go to advertisers and say we have 23 million people that watch that Chiefs and Dolphins peacock-only game. So they know that they can go to all their advertisers the next time they do this and say, this is what we did last time, and we expect it to be the same or not, if not more, depending on the matchup. So the idea is that you know they get you in and they, they track all the streaming, and then now they can go to advertisers the next time they do this, which, of course, we know will happen again next year in all likelihood they'll be able to say, look, this is how many people caught this stream, and this is this is why we are going to charge you this much for your advertising. So it, it's a brilliant move, and most people would think, well, you'd probably up the price if you have a, a playoff-exclusive game on Peacock. No, you lower the price, you get people in, and then you take advantage of having those extra subscriptions for even a short amount of time just so you can say, advertisers, look, when you when you advertise with us on football, this is what we're going to get. Yeah, and, and it didn't bother me. The streaming only ethic was fine. And I like when ESPN Plus throws you some bones, like throws you some games. I like the yeah. fact, well, like Peacock, I'm not a huge women's college basketball fan, but it's always compelling watching like Caitlin Clark, the star for Iowa play. Yeah, And, you know, got a little bonus. I don't really follow basketball this year, so I couldn't tell you when Iowa played. But Sunday, um, Dar and I were home. Dar was sick. Uh, we watched Church on YouTube. And then uh, I saw a little ad on uh, Roku saying, hey, at noon, Caitlin Clark's going to play Ohio State. I'm like, wow, let's do that. And, you know, it was good. It was a game that was on NBC, too. But, you know, it was fine. I mean, my antenna's not working too well on my TV. So it was nice just to watch on Peacock. It was good. Yeah, I mean, I I actually watched a little bit of the game too. So it, it really, you know, it it's it's. I think it's the future of streaming. I mean, maybe cable will be around in some capacity at all times forever, but 
you know, streamers are starting to get wise that in order to grow their business, they probably need to start offering more live content and sports is that live content right now. And, and really sports for a lot of people is why cable still exists. You know, I mean, so it, it really is beneficial for these streaming services to get up with the times. Max did it. Max is offering TNT and, you know, NBA and NHL coverage. They offer, you know, they have the rights to the U.S. men's national soccer team. So, you know, they really, Max has started doing this where they want you to come to Max and maybe you you come to Max for sports only or maybe you come for movies and TV shows only. And then all of a sudden you get wrapped into the other stuff that's available. You know, they're going to have NCAA basketball tournament games in March, which is another big feather in their cap. So it's, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to like about these these streamers because they know that they have an opportunity now to, to capitalize on live sports and cables starting to kind of crumble a little bit because of it. I will say though, unless it's a sport, I really like, like, and again, nothing gets Max's sports offering. I know their events are going to uh, char- do a surge charge on that. So, Hey, yeah. if you're a basketball fan or baseball, go for it. I mean, it's great. I'm not a big basketball or baseball fan. So, I'm gonna let that go by the wayside when they start charging for sports. But um, but yeah, but like you said for streaming, I mean good night if you're a soccer fan, uh Apple becomes really compelling, you know. I mean, so if, if you like a certain sport and it's on a network, hey, it, it might be worth your streaming money. So yeah, it's pretty good. Um, hey, let's move on to uh, a couple of things. We'll make sure we get all of this in. Um I'm not a huge John Stewart guy. Uh, he makes me laugh. I'm not really seeking him out a lot. Well, yeah, he left today the Daily Show. Uh, they tried some other people in. Uh, Trevor Noah just left. I thought Trevor Noah was okay. I don't think he was great. Uh, but John Stewart, he's going to executive produce at least for the election. Uh, he's going to host the shows on Monday. Again, not a huge Daily Show. I'm not going to watch more of it because of John Stewart. But, hey, bring out your best guns. You know, I know you can't stay with the old guy forever, but, you know, John Stewart, he seems to thrive on the election. And, you know, it's going to be contentious. I'm not looking forward to it because the Trump-Biden talk bores me, but at least you got a funny guy who will make a race like that more compelling. You know, so in for Comedy yeah. Central. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, I guess, um, of course, he was on Apple TV Plus with the show The Problem, where it was basically a, you know, a daily show, but a little bit more serious kind of, uh, you know, politics show. Um, and obviously, they couldn't come to an agreement on the show's direction after a couple of seasons. And so Apple's loss is, is you know, Comedy Central's gain because, you know, now Comedy Central is... You know, you really didn't hear a whole lot after Trevor Trevor Noah left of who they would have replaced, you know, full time. And they've kind of cycled through a bunch of people. And to be able to go back to someone that, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get out of him. You know, they've got to be feeling pretty comfortable knowing that at least for a short period of time, they're going to have probably a a, a solid amount of ratings or at least, you know, a, a good amount of ratings, maybe not, you know, high level John Stewart, old John Stewart or Stephen Colbert ratings, but you know, they're probably going to be, you know, happy with the results of this. And, 
you know, maybe uh, maybe it leads to a more full-time basis for Jon Stewart unless maybe somebody else comes calling from a streamer that gives him a little bit more leeway with what he can do and say on, on you know, streaming devices as opposed to cable television. Well, and here's where you can make hay. I mean, you know, Comedy Central's based, I, I think all his stuff's on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. So you don't have to. Now, you know, Daily Show is still on linear TV with Comedy Central, but, right. man, you know, I, I go back, you and I are journalists. You know, think about it. I mean, I know your paper still has a print edition, so, you know, the stuff you write's got to appear in print somewhere. But, man, with, you know, you don't have those rules as much with, um, uh, you know, with um, digital. I mean, you yeah. can write very little. You can do alternative forms of storytelling. I, I'm talking to my current company about uh, helping them out a little bit more in that. And I just said, look, you know, you can do it differently. And the argument I make to my company is the same argument I make to these TV channels. Yeah, I mean, as long as Comedy Central is still a TV channel, yeah, you have to do a half-hour daily show. But spice it up, you know, maybe yeah. have a daily couple-minute thing or whatever. You know, I liked with John Stewart. It looked like he did some more podcasting on YouTube. So he had the problem. He um, taped stuff with there. But when he branched out to YouTube, and you know, you don't necessarily even have to branch out to YouTube. You know, maybe you can produce some, you know, smaller content and also put it on Paramount Plus or whatever. I mean, there's yeah. a lot you could do that helps your brand, but also yeah. helps the brand of the place you work for. So, yeah. I'm curious to see what happens here. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to talk about, I always like, you know, when you look at the Super Bowl, they always talk about what's that show that's coming on right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the story that I shared with you, Craig, a little bit confusing uh, because um, they talked about After Midnight and the late show of Stephen Colbert. Those aren't airing right after the Super Bowl. Let me figure out what the show is. I saw this earlier. Uh, Tracker, I guess it's a new drama. Yeah, uh, they're going to premiere right after the you know, Super Bowl's done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I like Stephen Colbert as a person. I think it's very smart comedy. Um, I understand since there's, you know, the Colbert Report was more spoofy, but he does well when he does politics. I think sometimes he dips his toe way too much, just only in the politics, and that gets old after a while. I'm like, uh, I, I like him either where he gets really serious. Like he has some really good thoughts on dealing with grief and loss and everything. I, I, I love the Colbert Report because it's so goofy. Yeah, I, I just, his show doesn't really strike it. But again, it's on late night, and I, yeah, that's CBS's main show. Um, I like Taylor Tomlinson. I've followed her career for a while. After Midnight, it used to be a Comedy Central show. I've seen it on CBS. The jury's still out. It's just kind of smart, haha, -ha, funny. Yeah. You know, he's trying to make each other laugh. And ah, I crack a smile sometimes. It just doesn't blow me away. I, I got to admit. So I, I also like Taylor Thomas. I think she's very funny. You know, you, you see a lot of clips of her on TikTok and some of the comedy she does. She's a great stand up comedian. But I watched the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of After Midnight, and I was not really impressed. And a lot of it was, it felt like 
it felt like sort of a, a derivative of like the ridiculousness with um, Rob Deerdick on NTV where they watch clips and they try to be funny and either funny and critique or just funny or whatever. And I just feel like it's a waste of their talent, you know, because I, I know like Paul F. Tompkins is on there. He's usually a pretty funny guy. Um, but I, I just it didn't resonate with me. And I maybe it's because I thought it was going to be more of a talk show than a quasi game show, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. But it just it just didn't resonate with me. And I kind of turned it off and I was like, well, I don't know that I'd really have any interest in going back to it, even though if, you know, she had like a Comedy Central special or something, I'd probably watch that instead. I just I just think it's kind of a waste because one thing that didn't make sense is you have three panelists. They are tasked with coming up with some smart quip about whatever happens on this video. And you have to like ring in like a buzzer system, which makes no sense because each one of them usually gets their time in the sun to say whatever they want to say. And it, so it makes no sense. And there's like point systems and it just, it didn't really, I didn't catch it. I just, maybe, I'm, maybe it's me and maybe I just missed the point on it, but I, I just feel like it's kind of a waste of her talent if they're going to do that. Well, I understand, you know, at least they're trying to be funny with comedy, but you know, the, the feel I got from it, what if we just made this podcast where it's like you, me, uh, we pull on a couple of a journalist and we swap journalism stories. I bet a general audience might be somewhat interested because they might sit there and say, oh, this is how it happens. Or, wow, this right, is what right. these journalists go through. Yeah. But I don't think it's riveting for years and, or months or however long they want the show to be on. I, I mean, I get it. Sometimes, like, I like to try to be a comedian sometimes. So you sit there and you like listen to comedians talk back and forth but you don't feel like you're part of it you're like listening in or something you know what i mean yeah it just yeah i mean i mean maybe that maybe they'll find their footing on how they do things and and maybe this won't be the final iteration of it i just feel like it's it felt too much like something you would see on like mtv where they would Right. Have people around, and they would, you know, try to determine who the funniest quote is, or who the who can who can meme something the best, or so you know, something like that is kind of what it is. And I just don't feel like it's really useful to their talents, to be honest. I, I think there's far too many funny people on there, and I actually think I can't remember. I think it was like comedians after dark or something. I only watched it like once or twice, maybe where you know they had like a show after Colbert. And it was like comedian roundtable almost where they were just, you know, going back and forth. And I kind of feel like that was the better show than what After Midnight is. So, you know, I don't I don't think they have to go to this traditional you have a talk show, you have guests on, you interview them about their projects. I don't think they have to go to that route, but they have to kind of figure out something better than what After Midnight is, because it's just far too much talent being unused. Well, everyone talks about like paying it outside the brush or doing something different because, you know, the hour long late night talk show is kind of on its last breath. You know, it is. It is. Yeah, I agree. Well, but, you know, Conan left. Um, 
you know, he made a show a half hour and he just was tired of the hour long format. And, you know, James Corden left, all these guys, people are leaving. And yeah, it man. used to be, I, I've heard interviews of Conan where it's like, you know, when he got to Tonight Show gig, it was like those were once in a lifetime stuff. Sure. Now, everyone seems to have the talk show. Everyone wants to do it the same way. You know, I'm not sold on the idea of after midnight at all, but if you're committed to doing something like that, bring in clubs like you and me, you know, people who, you know, make you funny on occasion and yeah. judge people who don't do that for a living, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I agree. The, the talk show game is kind of winding down a little bit. And I think primarily because, you know, there was a an era of of Hollywood and and everywhere where you had to go on the talk shows to promote your stuff, right? Now you don't have to. You have social media, you have YouTube, you have oodles of different ways for people to get their programming, their movie, their their project out into the public spotlight. You don't need to go on Jimmy Fallon to say, "Oh, hey, here's a two minute clip that you probably have never seen of." And, you know, put in the movie right here and there you go. Like nowadays you can see a million different clips on YouTube and trailers and things like that. So, you know, gone are the days of like this, hey, we got to promote our stuff. So I'm not saying that celebrities don't like to do it because there's an audience for it. But I don't think it's the same as it once was. And I think now they can get their, their their word out a lot easier into more platforms. So I, I would like more, you know, just conversation stuff, stories, not necessarily like tell us about the movie you're in here. You know, tell us funny stories about the movie. Tell us funny stories about a time you had on set and, and maybe go a little bit deeper than let's promote your your next week's release. You know, I think that that could be a future because they have access to these people. Like the, the talk show hosts have mm-hmm. access to Hollywood A-listers that want to come on and talk to them. That you know, some people prefer Fallon, some people prefer Colbert, some people prefer Jimmy Kimmel. And you have your 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 people that kind of go to those types of people. But instead of talking about the latest project, talk, tell some funny stories beyond the normal one little story that you tell that kind of makes people laugh during your interview, like tell full stories about everything that you can and, and have a, you know, a little bit more conversational interview as opposed to, you know, talk about, you know, the, the filming of this last movie and when's it come out and how great is it? Like no one, no one really cares about that anymore. I think they want different access to their stars as opposed to the traditional, Leno and Letterman and all that. Well, well, I think part of the issue is the old tired talk show format dictates that you go on a Leno or Letterman for eight minutes, talk about your movie or band or whatever, and you're done. Yeah. Um, I think, and again, this I'm throwing this out there. I'm not sure if I even believe it. Um, maybe an old format's coming back. Like you think of Tom Snyder. He was a guy who would sit there and interview people for a while. Um, Larry King. I mean, yeah, you get people on, and yeah, I mean, sometimes they only come on because they're promoting something, but you know, you have an hour long conversation, so yeah, you're talking about the latest movie and everything, but you have the let me hear about you, you get some really good insights and everything, right? And Craig, I'm wondering, everyone has a podcast, I get it, you know, we're one of a billion out there, 
But especially some of the stars that do a podcast, they really get into talking. And, and sometimes, yeah, and yeah, you're sifting for a two hour interview, but sometimes you hear a lot of interesting stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that format could come back. And yeah. But maybe maybe make it more palatable so it's not sifting through two hours worth of interview right. or like, you know, if you're if you're Colbert, you have like, you know, Tom Cruise or somebody coming on and you work with them in advance and say, OK, well, what, what kind of stories do we have or what, what kind of things can we talk about and sort of be like, hey, you know, let's let's we don't have to be eight minutes, but maybe let's let's be concise about what we're talking about. So we don't have like people having to go through two hours worth of a of a youtube clip to find where they talk about some funny story yeah and you know i'll tell you for news it's great i mean we had a story uh youngstown has a lot of um you know celebrities who are from the area have been in the area over the years um ed o'neill uh the guy a lot of people yeah. know from our family some people know him from men of children so he's on jesse Tyler ferguson's podcast and i know chris is a podcast jesse has a podcast everybody's got podcasts in the world but the interesting thing about it is, you know, we caught wind that during the podcast, you know, he grew up in Youngstown. Uh, he mm-hmm. failed in a tryout for the Steelers. And O'Neill goes home. He gets approached by somebody in Youngstown who wants him to join their organized crime family. And yeah. he actually thought about it for a while before his dad kind of talked him out of it. Well, you know, you share the stories, and it's not just something that, maybe a listener would like. I mean, we perked up. We wrote a story about it. It did really well. So, you know, I, I like that because I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to be morbid, but I know like my dad would say it before he died. You know, interview people because, you know, it's not just, hey, go watch my movie, but you, you, interesting facts about people come up. I mean, and I don't know, maybe I'm getting older, I'm getting the dorkier, I don't mind putting on like a two-hour podcast while I work or anything, but I, I find that a lot more compelling than I mean, I still like Jimmy Kimmel, I think Kimmel does fun stuff, but again, the six-minute interview where it's just, hey, go see my movie, eh, gets tired after a while. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, obviously I think, you know, these shows, I mean, and I don't know what the ratings are, and I mean, they must be doing okay. But you know, you always wonder if uh, maybe there's gonna it's gonna come to a head at some point where they're gonna have to to pivot towards something else to you know um, to, towards how you do things. You know, I mean, The Daily Show is an example of that where you could have interview subjects, you can have some lighthearted satire. Um, you know, last week tonight with John Oliver on Max is always a fun watch and it's always informative as well, though. Uh, right. They do their, their due diligence and their reporting, but they also put like a satirical fun spin on a lot of the stuff they do. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe things like that in the future where it's a little bit more serious, but, you know, there's still that access that you can have with these late night shows. And, you know, there's got to be a, a, a happy medium where you can still get the access to those Hollywood stars, but maybe do it in a, in a less traditional, let's talk for eight minutes about your movie and then we'll move on with life. Yeah. Well, and I hear, especially with Fallon, I mean, they're really gearing the show more towards YouTube. I mean, yeah, the linear show calls for you're the tonight show you're on Monday for Friday, you know, 1130, you know, that won't change for the time being, but 
you know, they gear like the games that play, some of the comedy bits, or more YouTube clips than anything else. So, right. I don't know. Um, one quick shout out, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention it just for a minute. Um, we had a fun interview a few years back. We were kind of more focused on high news uh, with, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of our PR buddy from the, the wine camp. Oh, um, Dan. Dan Tierney. Yeah, Dan Tierney. Yeah. Well, we got Dan Tierney back sometime. But, we do, we do. Um, did you see, and we tried to have fun with Dan, and Dan was a really good sport. Did you see the clip I sent you and Brandon? Yes. Talk show. Did you hear that? I did, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'll put, I'll put it this way. I asked the question that was kind of, I don't think it was that bad, but it kind of gave Dan to have a pause. But I, I think the talk show I sent you went a little bit over and beyond what I insinuated, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. but yeah, it happens. Uh, yeah, it's a sports show in the Columbus area. They, they were trying to have fun. They were doing a story about uh, people who would pee or you know, poo in the shower, and apparently more women did that. So. Yep. They were trying to compare it to politics, so they, they said, what happens if Nikki Haley would make that announcement? Would that help her, her case? And then uh, they were like, well, Mike DeWine's got a press conference. What happens if Frank DeWine gets something else like pee in the shower? <laughs> Which I know, it just made me laugh. Um, again, call back to probably our podcast from three years ago when we were kind of talking about different stuff. But <laughs> I, I, next time we have Dan Tierney, it, it might be off mic, but I need to ask him about that. Say, hey, that was a lot worse than my ass. I, I just asked about posting up with her husband. I mean, that's not yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You, you did. I mean, it was, that, you know, me compared to the other things. So. Yeah, it was. It was a decision that you made. Let's we'll, we'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a decision. But you know, yeah, Brandon's face once asked a question is like ingrained <laughs> in my mind now. Like, oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't curse. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What else is going on? Anything we should promote or talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I talked to Bob Garver. Um, yeah. Of course, our New York City film critic, our, our guy uh, today. Talked to him a little bit. We uh, discussed the 2024 Oscar nominations. Of course, uh, some big, big dealings going on there with some Barbie snubs maybe that we discussed a little bit. Um, and I'm sure I will also be talking to George Thomas, our Akron Beacon Journal film critic, tomorrow about the Oscars. And he's also got some some new movie or some new shows and a new movie to uh, discuss. He, Snoop Dogg has a movie called Underdogs. That, uh, yeah. So and then he's also got uh, Masters of the Air on Apple TV Plus and Sexy Beast, the series, which is streaming on Paramount Plus. So. Quite a bit of new stuff. It's it's you know January is one of the worst times in the movie industry. It's basically where studios just kind of dump a lot of their terrible movies, and and no one wants to go. And it's just a not a great time for movies, but it's actually not bad for TV. So uh, we'll talk to George about that, and of course, uh, always enjoy talking to Bob as um, he uh, didn't like some of the movies that we talked about, but. Um, you know, sometimes that happens, although he was uh, more lukewarm on Mean Girls and, um, you know, but did not like Night Swim, the uh, 
horror movie that came out to, to begin the, the new year. So always enjoy talking to Bob. And we're doubling up. It's It's been a crazy time for me at work. So I kind of got regularly posting his podcast, but we got to get him up. So uh, if you follow us on our podcast page, lots of podcasts, um, some current, some best of. Uh, we're also going to share some of the interviews I do for my work on the, our podcast page, too. So we've been putting three out each week. So uh, we've got you know some of George's reviews, some of the interviews I've done uh, with people. Uh, Clay and Ruben Sutter, Craig, that's out there if you want to check that out. Okay, yeah. Um, we also recently posted uh, Marshall Warfield, um, the woman from uh, Night Court. Uh, we got to talk to her. I like Marshall Warfield. Um, she was fun to talk to, and um, her comedy show was last week, so I wonder how that went. So, um, good stuff there. So, lots of stuff on the podcast again. Apologies for getting behind, but I'm trying to make up for it just so we have stuff coming up. Uh, but lots of uh, stuff is happening, which is good. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, a couple of her notes. Uh, later tonight, um, Paul and Joe, um, it, it almost was the Paul and Joe show because I, uh, I had a trip planned to say we have to put off for a week or two. And, um, uh, so yeah, I'll be with them tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the Steelers. We're definitely in the off season now. Uh, they're starting to make some moves. Um, we were nervous about who they might pick for offensive coordinator, but they got a couple of interesting names and we'll kind of evaluate some of those guys. Um, and uh, express our scorn at Cam Hayward. Cam's a longtime Steeler, legendary guy, very injured last year. Uh, they're saying he doesn't have what he normally had, and the Steelers are hoping they can give him a reduced rate. Cam was like, I love the Steelers, but I'm not, t- I'm not taking a pay cut. Yeah. So $22 million for a guy who admittedly played like a 20% of his ability last year because of his injury, and he's in the yeah. 30s. Not sure if he's going to be with the Steelers that long, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, it sounds like a divorce is coming there. Yes, and then, um, uh, Craig, um, your head would hurt. Um, Paul, one of our podcast hosts on the Ever Show I do, he's a big Punxsutawney Phil guy. So okay. he's been uh, sharing. Last year he was up there for Punxsutawney Phil. We're trying to get him to uh, record some stuff. Uh, this time when he goes up, uh, and Paul's very upset because we shared the story. PETA wants, you know, the groundhog to go away and okay. have a like a big coin that you flip. And if it's one way, coin. yes. And uh, Paul posted a meme of the Joker, you know, the Joker's marching down the hallway, slamming stuff. So uh, we're going to tease Paul about that. Uh, Paul's a little bit angry tonight. So. Uh, and Paul's a pastor, um, Craig. He's usually the mild yeah. guy, but I mean, yeah. he's going to be all fired up. So all right. it'll, it'll be Dude, good to yeah. yeah poke poke some buttons. It'll be fun to see <laughs> how far Paul goes. Um, we also uh, Jason Kelsey Taylor Swift. Um, uh, Jason had kind of a wild night at the uh, Bills Chiefs game. Yes. Uh, we'll look at both sides of that. Is that good or not? And then the um, airplane, uh, this dude was trapped in the airplane bathroom. Yeah. And they slipped a note under that said, sorry, we can't get you out. You know, just deal with it, which was kind of weird. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll talk about that stuff. So a busy night. Check it out. We will try to have that out tomorrow afternoon, hopefully. So Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, no, it's 10 o'clock. Wow. All right. Well, Craig, thanks again. We appreciate it. Um, for Craig, this is Chris. Have a great night, everybody.